This world has nothing for me. I will follow you. Amen. Isn't the Lord awesome? Amen. Let's give the Lord a praise offering. Amen. Remember, brothers and sisters, it's all about him. As we go in, as we come out, it's all about Jesus. Amen. Um, if you guys could indulge me for one moment, I would like to introduce my parents to you guys. Uh, they're here today, uh, Ramon and Anna Fernandez. Ma, pa, stand up. Amen. They're here. <laughs> yes, I am a junior, okay? So my, my, uh, you guys call me Deacon Ray or Ray, but my real name is Ramon Fernandez Jr., okay? Don't try to interpret that, okay? It's not a tongue. It is a tongue. It's a Spanish tongue, okay? So thank you. They've been so supportive of me, my family, and... Uh, the reason why I'm up here is because of them. Amen. Their faithfulness to the Lord has, uh, has made me uh, be the man of God that I am today. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So you guys are ready? Yep. Amen. Let's all stand. Amen. And let's read uh, from, let's open up our Bibles to Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 to 20. The reason why we stand is because we want to give reverence to the word of God. Hallelujah. Matthew 16, 13 through 20. And I'll be reading from the King James Version of the Bible, the New King James Version of the Bible, excuse me. And it says, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you, Peter, and on to you, excuse me, that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you lose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he commanded his disciples that they should not tell no one that he was Jesus the Christ. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we give you thanks, O oh Jesus. We give you thanks, O oh God, because your word is so clear that you are Jesus, the Son of the living God. So we ask of you, Lord God, that as we speak your word today, Lord God, as your word comes forward, Lord God, that whatever we thought about you, Lord God, good, bad, and indifferent, Lord God, we will set aside. It's not, it's not enough anymore about what we think about you, but what your word thinks about you. Because at the end of the day, Lord Father, is what your word says that will stand, Lord God. Your word says, Lord God, that heaven and earth shall pass away, but your word will remain forever, Lord God. And we are trusting in your word today, Lord God. We pray, Lord God, that you will clear our minds, clear our hearts, Lord God. Any, and any uh, distraction that might come, Lord Father, we, we cast it out by the power of Jesus' name, Lord God. So we ask of you, Lord God, work in our lives, Lord God, that we will not leave here the same way we came in, Lord God, that we will be different, Lord God, not by what the preacher is saying, not by what the church is saying, but what your word says, Lord God. 
And we give you thanks for your precious and holy word in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. And we all say, amen. amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated. The title of today's message is, Who Do You Say Jesus Christ Is? Who do you say Jesus Christ is? As we read in the book of uh, Matthew, uh, for those who don't know, Matthew was a disciple of Jesus. He goes also by the name of Levi. Uh, Matthew was Jewish, so Matthew wrote the gospel of Matthew, his gospel to the Jewish people. He was a tax collector. Uh, he wrote a first-hand account on Jesus' ministry. And he, again, geared it towards Greek-speaking Jews. As you guys know, the, word, the, the New Testament was written in Greek. Because he had the Hebrew in mind, or the Jewish people in mind, he portrayed Jesus Christ as the Messiah, fulfilling uh, the Old Testament prophecy that he was the son of David. Okay? So many of the, as you read Matthew, he quotes a lot on Isaiah, on the book of Isaiah. So that, is, that opens up uh, the, uh, the reason why he specifically chose this part of Jesus' story. Brothers and sisters, as Jesus was walking and talking to his disciples, at this point of his ministry, he was already being, uh, preparing himself to go to Jerusalem and to die. This was kind of midway during his ministry. And before this, the disciples saw that he, the disciples heard the Beatitudes. The disciples saw the miracles of Jesus. The disciples saw how Jesus healed uh, the, the, uh, the servant of the centurion just by saying the word. Jesus didn't even have to go. He just said the word and the centurion's um, servant was healed. The disciples also saw the miracles of, of, of healings of lepers and the disciples also saw his battles with the Pharisees. And with all that, Jesus wanted to find out what, is, what are people saying about me? In other words, I want to make sure that people understand my message. Amen? Because yes, he was Jesus Christ. Yes, he was a, a, a great prophet, as, we, as we're going to read. But he wanted to show them that he was more than just a prophet. And as we read here in verse 13, and we're going to, again, get, get ready to surf the Bible today. We're going to be in the Word. As they were coming into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, who do men say that, that I, the son of man, am? And the disciples uh, told him, some say you're John the Baptist. So he was a, a, a great prophet. Some say Elijah and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And as we see here that the world always tries to diminish who Jesus Christ is. The world always tries to say Jesus was a good man. Many of the cults that are out there, they say, yes, Jesus was a prophet. Uh, Jesus did many good things. He was an, a great leader. But when you tell them that Jesus is God, that's when it all ends. Some people even go as far as saying, yeah, Jesus is little man in a manger, in a Christmas scene with all those dudes around him. Even the world portrays Jesus as a little baby. The world tries to suppress Jesus Christ full identity. Many believe that they could ignore the truth of Jesus and it stops being the truth. And as you know, that just because you sweep the truth under the rug does not mean it stops being the truth. The true joy for the Christians, brothers and sisters, is when we see Jesus Christ 
full identity. The only way we could really know the true salvation story is when we see Jesus Christ as who he is. That he is fully man and fully God. Because no man can die for me or for you, hallelujah, and take away our sins. Because if that was the case, brothers and sisters, we might as well close the church. We might as well close this Bible and go back living a life of sin. The reason why the church of Jesus Christ stands is because Jesus Christ is the son of God. Amen? Not because he's a good man. To the point that the early Christians died proclaiming that Jesus Christ is God. And you probably ask yourself, why would they die for that? Because in Rome, the Roman Empire believed that Caesar was God. So to say that Jesus Christ was God was a total affront to the Roman Empire. They didn't want to have no part of that. And it infuriated them to the point that Nero and these emperors killed Christians, persecuted Christians. Why? Because Nero said he was God. But we know as Christians that there's only one God. Amen? In heaven and in earth. And that, was the, and that is the battle. That is the battle of the ages. That's the battle that the enemy has against the church of Jesus Christ and against the world. Let's keep Jesus as man. Let's keep him meek and mild. Let's keep him that wonderful vending machine of heaven. The one that wants to fulfill every single desire of your heart. But to believe in a Christ like that is to believe in a false Christ. That's why I'm going to tell you, brothers and sisters, Jesus Christ does not care what the world thinks of him. But he does care what his church, his bride, thinks of him. Because if we think of Jesus Christ as only a man, we lose power. We lose the ability to be the church that we need to be in these last days. Someone wrote a story about someone who wanted to know what people thought who he was. It says, in a hospital waiting room, one rather self-important individual was getting impatient. Unwilling to wait any longer, he barged in and demanded to be seen by the doctor. The man says, don't you know who I am? Shouted the man. The secretary calmly pressed the button on the microphone of her loudspeaker system and asked the waiting patients, I have a gentleman here who doesn't know who he is. Can someone please assist them to find out? Thank you. If you were to go around asking your friends, what do people say about me, or what do you say I am, they might take it as an evidence of pride or dementia. But what people believe and say about Jesus Christ will determine their destiny. Your confession concerning Jesus Christ is a matter of life and death. And the worst thing, brothers and sisters, that we'll be in church believing in a Christ that is not the Christ of the Bible. That's why it's so important that Jesus wanted to find out from the disciples, wanted to find out from the future leaders of the church who he was. In, in, uh, in Colossians chapter 15, chapter, uh, verse 1, chapter 15, verse 18, I'm going to have the team put it up there, but before we get there, in verse 15, going back to verse 15 of Matthew, chapter 16, verse 15, it's, uh, he said to them, but who do you say that I am? And when he uses the word you, is plural. He was asking all of them who they think he is. And Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. 
Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. You see, brothers and sisters, the world is blinded. The world cannot see Christ as who he is. Because the word of God says that they're blind. And the, and the prince of this world has them in bondage. We need to pray that God will turn on the light in their lives. Amen? So they could see who Christ truly is. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 15 through 18, in the New King James uh, Version says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, were the thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things coexist. Consist, excuse me. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, and that in all things he may have preeminence. In other words, Jesus Christ did not start when he was born in a major. Amen? Jesus Christ was here before there was time. Jesus Christ is eternal. Hallelujah. In the New Living Translation says, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we cannot see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is the body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is first in everything. First of all, creation does not mean that Jesus Christ was created and not eternal God. Nor does it mean firstborn from the dead means that he was first one raised from the dead. Firstborn is in terms of honor and it means the highest, the first rank and importance. You see, brothers and sisters, when the world is going in chaos, when the world is falling apart, we need to understand that the one who created the world, that the one who holds the world together, will not let it get out of control. Amen? Amen. The word of God says that he, again, he holds all things together. He is the sustainer of all things. One commentary says he keeps his creation from dissolving into chaos. What man could do that? Amen? What angel could do that? Amen? What leader could do that? I'm going to tell you one thing. Buddha can't do that. Muhammad can't do that. Hallelujah. None of these men could do that. But Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, could do that. Amen? And I'm going to tell you one thing, brothers and sisters. When we walk in that, there's a little pep in your step. Amen? There's a little power in your step, right? Because he is in us. And if he's in us, no one could be against us. It is him activating it. Amen? Don't try to go in it alone. You got to go in that knowing that he is in you. Amen? That is awesome. That's what I'm telling brothers and sisters when I look at that cross. Hallelujah. When I look at that cross, and I think that he left his throne. His throne. Who am I? Sometimes they say, who am I? I'm just someone who just scrapes gum from the floor at times. Amen? 
who sometimes shows up late to work. A nobody. And he left his throne. He left that holy communion that he had with his Father and the Holy Spirit. Why does it say that God is love? Because they knew love from the beginning. It was the three of them together. That's why he is love. And to leave all that to die for me. That one day I'm here, one day I'm there, one day I'm up, one day I'm down, one day I'm cranky, one day I'm broke, one time I have a five bucks, sometimes I have ten bucks. But he left his throne for me. Hallelujah. What man will do that for you? I'm going to tell you one thing. No man can do that for you. It has to be supernatural. It has to be God who could do that for you. Hallelujah. That's why he knows that we are a vapor. We're here one day and the next day we're not. That's why it's so important, brothers and sisters, if we are going to survive the onslaught that is here and is coming, we need to ground ourselves in the belief that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Hallelujah. When the church of Jesus Christ does not know who truly Christ is before he came to earth to die for us, and not only did he come to earth to, earth to die for us, brothers and sisters, he took on the wrath of God. He was innocent. How many of us will take the blame for someone else? I can see with my kids. You know? No, that's not, that wasn't me. That, that, they, that was him. That, that was her, my, my grandson, my daughters, you know? That wasn't me. But Jesus Christ, not only did he die to forgive, to, for the forgiveness of us, but he took the anger of God. What man could do that for you? Had to be a perfect man. And his name is Jesus Christ, the God-man. So that's why Jesus says in verse 18 of Matthew, chapter 16, verse 18, says, And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. And the gates of Hades, or some versions say the gates of hell, will not prevail against it. Why do you think the church stands? Do you think the church stands because the apostles were awesome guys? Because the prophets had a good word to say? Because we have a good uh, pantry going, a good uh, bagel ministry or servant ministry. Those are all great things. But the reason why not even COVID could destroy the church is because it stands on Jesus Christ. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And I'm going to tell you, brothers and sisters, even if, we don't, even if we didn't show up today, the church will go on. Amen? Because it's not founded on man. It's founded on, the, on Jesus Christ. It's founded on what Peter said about Jesus Christ, that he is the son of the living God. The word Peter is the Greek word petros, which means stone. But the Greek word that Jesus used to describe how he's uh, on the foundation of the church means petra, which means bedrock. The word build can also mean to build, to strengthen, to build up, and make more able. The church of Jesus Christ is more able because of Jesus Christ. And no matter what people try to do to divide, to destroy, it can't happen. Historians say that the more uh, Nero and, and these emperors killed Christians, the more other Christians used to come up. They killed 100 here, 200 used to show up. 
They used to kill 1,000 here, 2,000 used to show up. Why? Because it was built on Jesus Christ. Because I'm going to tell you one thing. If you didn't go in there to be fed by the, to the lions on your faith on man, you will run. But when you go into that, when, you, when those Christians went to that Colosseum, believing that God was with them, they were able to withstand the onslaught. Those lions coming after them, some of them being lit to light up the, 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 uh, the gardens of Nero. Lit alive. Why will people give their lives for a lie? I sure wouldn't. But they knew it was true. It was, they knew that Jesus Christ was more than just a man. So not only does he build his church and he strengthens the church, he is the foundation, he's the bedrock. And that's why I say, brother, the church could not have solely been built on the apostles alone. Yes, our wonderful apostles. Or especially when one of the apostles was Peter, who loved shooting from the hip. There was no way it could have been built on him because he was a man like us. And if you, and if you read further in the same chapter, chapter 16, in verse 23, after Peter said that great uh, uh, declaration that Jesus is the Son of God, in verse 23, he tries to keep Jesus from going to the cross. You see how man is? There was no way that Jesus could have built his church upon man. And as we see here, that it couldn't be on the prophets alone. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 20, it says that it needed to have the chief cornerstone. And that chief cornerstone is Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. The church will remain long after we're gone if the Lord has not returned because of the Son of the living God. The Son of the living God is his origin, foundation, and support. That is why no devil, no government, no pandemic, no political party will prevail against it. Hallelujah. Isn't that awesome? That no matter what happens, God is still God. Jesus is God. And the church will remain. So think about this, brothers and sisters. Yes, Jesus is meek and mild. Yes, Jesus came to give us life and life more abundantly. Yes, Jesus wants to heal you, to restore you. But if you leave it at that, your faith is futile. Your faith is not going to make it in these days. But when you unite those truths with the bedrock that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that's when things start happening. That's what ha the, that fact that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God will keep you no matter what the doctor says, will keep you no matter whether or not you could pay any of your bills today, will keep you if you get fired from work, will keep you if you get sick, the fact that Jesus is the son of the living God, amen? And that no matter what happens here on earth, our home is in heaven. We're just passing through, brothers and sisters. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Our home is in heaven. This is just temple. This is just, like I said, just a, a little blip in, the, uh, in, in, in time. What matters is eternal. And remember, and if these men of God went through things, we would go through things too. But what was their bedrock? Jesus Christ. In verse 19 says, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. 
Once the church knows that we are built on the foundation that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, hallelujah, then whatever we decide, when, I, when we pray, when we ask God for strength, he will move. That's why Jesus told the disciples, have faith in God. That is profound, brothers and sisters. Have faith in God. Because if you have faith in anything else, you're not going to make it. You're not going to make it. And that's why Jesus wanted to let his disciples know that. Jesus knew that what was going to face the first church was going to be difficult. That these apostles had to be uh, uh, cemented, I'm going to say cemented, in the fact that the, that the man that was, that, that was going to send them out was not only a man, but he was God himself. That's why, as you know, as you read Acts, Peter, the Lord used him mightily right when the Holy Spirit came upon him. And he preached that that, that man who, um, who, uh, who denied Jesus Christ three times, that man who tried to keep Jesus from going to, um, to the cross, was later a different man. Why? Because his foundation was not on Jesus Christ, just the Messiah, but his foundation was on Jesus Christ, the Son of God. That's why when they went about opening up the church, they led many to the Lord. Many Gentiles came also. All the decisions they made were because they were empowered by the Holy Spirit. That term binding and loosing, even though sometimes some of our churches use it wrongly, but it simply means that whatever the church of Jesus Christ decides has the stamp of God behind it. And as we see that in the book of Acts, wonderful book. In Philippians, let's open up to Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11, the New King James Version. Paul writes, let this, be mine, let this mind be in you, which was also in Jesus Christ, who being in the form of God, did not consider robbery to be equal with God. But he made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, coming in the likeness of man, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him, given him the name which is above every name, that in the name of Jesus Christ, every knee shall bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Isn't that awesome? Paul does not leave anything out. Look at what it says here, verse 9. Therefore God has exalted him and given him, given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, I'm sorry, I added, Jesus, I added Christ after that, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth. You see, no devil, no demon. That's what I'm going to tell you, brothers and sisters, it's time for the church, not in their own strength, not in our strength, but in the strength that God has given us, is to walk in victory. To walk in victory. We cannot let our past, we cannot let the enemy steamroll us. 
we need to stand that Jesus Christ came, and because he gave his life for us, everything is obedient to him, even the enemy, even the enemy. And that's, they all will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. You see, brothers and sisters, either you confess him now as Jesus Christ is Lord, or you're going to confess him later. Either way, I'd rather confess him as Lord and Savior than as King when he comes soon. You see, brothers and sisters, this is not about what I believe or what you believe. This is about what the Word of God says. And I'd rather be on the side of believing than on the side of not believing and then finding out that there is a Jesus Christ, that there is a God. I like the odds the other way. And it says here, verse 7 says, he emptied himself. In other words, Christ did not hesitate to set aside his self-willed use of his deity when he became man. Although he set aside his deity, there were times he revealed his deity. As you know, even though he set it aside, but he calmed the winds and the waves, right? He walked on water. No man could do that. I mean, Peter did that, but because Jesus Christ allowed him to do it, you know? And then when he, when he took his eyes off of Jesus, he sank. And then he went back to, Lord, save me. You see? Lord, save me. He didn't say, Thomas, Matthew, jump in here and save me. No, Lord, save me, right? Because Jesus gave him the ability to walk on water. So we see his deity in that. We see his deity when he resurrected Lazarus from the grave. Many people say that if he didn't name Lazarus by name, he probably would have pulled out every other person that was in that grave out too. That's how powerful that word of Jesus is, his voice, his might. And in the transfiguration, in Matthew chapter 17, verse 2, where Matthew writes that his face shined like the sun. Hallelujah. Hmm. And his clothes became as white as light. Isn't that amazing? That meek and mild Jesus, when he showed Peter, James, and John who he truly was, his face shine like the sun. Have you ever tried looking at the sun? It's impossible. So imagine Jesus. That's why, brothers and sisters, no matter what you're going through, put that picture in your mind of Jesus' face shining like the sun. Hallelujah. That no matter how dark your night is, Jesus Christ's face shines like the sun. That is what it's all about, brothers and sisters. Jesus being meek and mild and Jesus being you know, sometimes we think that Jesus is, like I was telling Pastor Angelo and, and Deacon Rufus and Pastor Reggie this morning, sometimes we think that Jesus Christ is just a better version of ourselves, just that he has long hair and a beard. Some of us think about that. So whatever we permit in our lives, Jesus Christ permits it also. Whatever we, we, uh, uh, we allow to speak into our lives, it's okay because Jesus is just a better man than I am. That's what the devil wants. That's what the devil wants. Because as long as you think of Jesus Christ like that, you will not have victory. You will not have power. Your life will be one seesaw coming here and there and everywhere. But when you believe that Jesus Christ is God, that's where the power is. That's where the power is, brothers and sisters. Let's, open, let's go to, to the book of Revelations, chapter 1, verses 19, 18. Now we're going to see how John sees Jesus Christ. First John 9 through 18. 
Our prayer is this morning that you will leave here with knowing that who Jesus Christ truly is. Revelations chapter 1, verse 9 through 18 says, I, John, both your brother and companion in tribulation and kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ was on the island that is called Patmos for the word of, the, of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. In other, in other words, the Roman Empire couldn't deal with John anymore. They had to vanish him off to an island. They say, they say that before they vanished him to an island, they dipped him in some hot oil to try to get him to confess that Caesar was God. And they couldn't convince him. He was 90 years old. 90 years old! And being thrown in a nice bucket of hot oil to get you to confess, and he didn't. Hallelujah. So now he's vanished off to the island of Patmos by himself in hopes that they don't have to hear about him again. But look at what happens in the island of Patmos. You see, brothers and sisters, when you are rejected for your confession of Jesus, Jesus Christ, when people do not want to hang around you because of your confession of Jesus Christ, when your circle of friends goes from many to a few, it's okay because God is with you. Because God promised he will never leave you or forsake you. The psalmist says, although my father or my mother will leave me, my God will not leave me or forsake me. That has to be a part of your life. That has to be tattooed in your heart. And look at what he's there in the island of Patmos. Verse 10 says, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me. Sorry, brothers. Hallelujah. And I heard behind me a loud voice as of a trumpet saying, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, what you see right in a book and send it to the seven churches which are in Asia, to Ephesus, to Smyrna, to Pergamos, to Theatira, to Sardis, to Philadelphia, and to Laodicea. As you know, the word of God says that John, the apostle, used to rest his head on Jesus. He was called the son of thunder. You know, unfortunately, uh, the, the, uh, the, last sub, the, the picture of the Last Supper doesn't do any justice to John. He was called, Jesus called him the son of thunder because he was a tough guy. He wasn't effeminate like they show him in pictures. He was a tough dude. He was a fisherman, strong guy. But look at what happens when he heard that voice, the voice of a trumpet. And look at what that voice says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. Verse 12 says, then I turned to see the voice that spoke with me. And having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the midst of the seven lampstands, one like the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to, to, his, to the feet, and girded upon the chest with a golden band. And his head and hair were white like wool, and white as snow, as white as snow. And his eyes were like flame of fire. His feet were like fine brass, as if, it, as if refined in a furnace. And his voice was the sound of many waters. And he, in his right hand, seven stars. 
Out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was like the sun shining in his strength. Hallelujah. Isn't that amazing? That his voice was like the sound of many waters. So whatever you see in that crucifix, that's not him. Whatever you see in Christmas time in a manger, that's not him either. When John saw him, his voice was like the sound of many waters. John saw him differently. John did not just see him as Jesus, the prophet. Jesus who went around feeding people. Jesus who went around healing people. Jesus uh, battling with the Pharisees. He saw him as God. Verse 17, says, verse 17 says, And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. That's amazing. Sometimes you hear all these stories of people seeing Jesus. They never say they fall on their, on their, on their, on their face as dead. The power of Jesus. The authority of Jesus. But look at what he says here. And this is what I love about God. This is what I love about Jesus. But he laid his right hand on me. Isn't that something? How wonderful God is. How wonderful Jesus is. That through it all, when we don't have strength, he lays his hand on us. He could have said, John, I remember that you guys left me alone. I remember that you yourselves did not believe in me. But look at what happens when Jesus Christ comes to us. When God in the flesh comes to us, he lays his right hand on us. And it says, saying to me, do not be afraid. Hallelujah. Do not be afraid. Brothers and sisters, Jesus Christ is telling you, do not be afraid. And not only is he saying that, he has laid his right hand on you. And he tells John, I am the first and the last. I am he who lives and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of Hades and death. In other words, I have the keys of hell and death. Amen. So no matter what the Satanist says, no matter what the occultist says, my God has the keys of hell and death. Amen. And when I give thanks to God for that, why? Because death is not the end. Death is just a passage for us to live forever with him. So don't be afraid of death. Brittany, can the worship minister come up? D.L. Moody said one time, there are few who in their hearts do not believe in God. What they will not do is give him exclusive right away. They are not ready to promise full allegiance to God alone. Many a professing Christian is a stumbling block because his worship is divided. In other words, when we don't believe who Jesus Christ truly is, our worship is divided. On Sunday, the Almudi says, on Sunday he worships God. On weekdays, God has little or no place in his thoughts. I want people to place their faith in Jesus and motivate them to live more obediently. You see, brothers and sisters, who Jesus Christ is in your life, 
the te- uh, uh, it dictates who you are. If your relationship with Jesus Christ is only skin deep, you're not going to make it. If your relationship with Jesus Christ is just that baby in a manger, you're not going to make it. If you let the world tell you who Jesus Christ is, you're not going to make it. What does your life, what does my life reflect of Jesus Monday through Saturday? C.S. Lewis, the great Christian philosopher, said, you must make your choice. Either this man was and is the son of God, or else a madman or something else. You can shut him up for a fool. You can spit at him and kill him as a demon, or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. You see, brothers and sisters, for those who don't know Jesus Christ, And for those who have a divided heart on who Jesus Christ is, today is the day to get your life right. Today is the day to know that Jesus Christ is just more than a vending machine of heaven sending us snacks from heaven. Today is the day for us to focus that the God of heaven and earth came down and died for us, not simply a man. Not just a good guy, just not a good dude, but God, the Alpha and the Omega. So if you do not know Jesus Christ today, I pray as the word came forward, you will know that God himself came down to heaven and gave his life for you. It wasn't man. It wasn't just a good guy. It was God. And the word of God says that few Die for good people. That's why Jesus says, greater love has no man than this, that he will give his life for a friend. And that's what God did. Not not because he had to, but because he loves you. The reason why we struggle with sin, brothers and sisters, is it comes down to who we love. It's a love issue. If we love God, if we love Jesus Christ, what he did for us on that cross, how he took the nails in his hands, how he took the whips on his back, how he was spit in his face, his beard pulled for you and for me. The word of God says that while we were yet sinners, he died for us. Isn't it funny as parents we give our kids things because when they behave. But Jesus Christ did not wait for us to behave. He didn't wait for us to have it all together. He gave his life for us. And that's the God that the church of Jesus Christ rests on, on him alone. You know, when Jesus Christ was carrying that cross, he did not not only see those who were in the cross. He, He saw... He saw me. He saw you. And he said that if I, if I gave up, I wouldn't be able to save, right? If I give up, I wouldn't be able to save Bob. I wouldn't be able to save 
Pastor Angelo, Angelo. If I gave up, I wouldn't be able to save Tom. I have to keep going. He saw our faces. He saw our faces. That's why, brothers and sisters, before you decide to give up on Jesus, he did not give up on you. He did not give up on you. The word of God says that he is sitting at the right hand of his father, waiting for us. And the book of John says, I go to prepare a place for you. So where you are, so when you come, I'll be with you. That's why he did it, because he wants to be with us. Sometimes our parents don't want to be with us. Sometimes our children don't want to be with us. But Jesus Christ wants to be with you. Jesus Christ. That's what he says to those who finish to the end. You see, this is not about those who start. But those who stay until the end, they will be given the crown of life. So my invitation stands. If you do not know Jesus Christ, if you do not know who, who the Jesus Christ of the Bible is, I give you an invitation today to come to Jesus Christ. To raise your hand, just like he gave his life for us publicly, that, he, that us, by raising our hands, if you don't know Jesus, to give, his life, to give your life to Jesus. He did it for you. He did it for you because he wanted us to be with him. Anyone, anyone wants to give their life to Jesus Christ today. Amen? So I believe we're all family here. We're all washed by the blood of the Lamb. Amen? We're all going to heaven. But if today you have struggled just a little with who Jesus Christ is, get it right today. Get it right today. The worst thing as a Christian is that you will believe in a different Christ. That you will believe in the wrong Christ. But I pray today you will believe in the true Christ. Amen? So let us stand here today. Amen? And as Brittany and the worship team sings this song, we're going to open up the altars today. And if you want to come and just talk to Jesus, ask Jesus to examine your life. To ask Jesus, Lord, am I reflecting who you truly are? I am here, Lord. Help me. I am here, Lord, to want to know Jesus Christ, his death, and his resurrection. Today is the day to get it right. Amen? Let us choose today to fall at his feet and call him Lord and God today. Amen? Dear Heavenly Father, we give you thanks, O oh Jesus. We give you thanks, O oh God, because no matter what the world thinks of you, you want your church, your bride, to think of you correctly and rightly, Lord Jesus. Sometimes, oh God, we buckle into the pressure of letting the world dictate to us who Jesus Christ is. But our prayer is today, Lord God, that we will not buckle under the pressure, but that we will stand on the rock of Jesus Christ, that we will stand on the power and the authority of Jesus Christ to let the world know, to let this lost world know that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God. Hallelujah. That we will stand proclaiming, hallelujah, that no devil 
No political party, no man, nothing above the heavens, nothing on the earth or nothing under the earth has the power to quench Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Because he holds the world together. He will not let the world to go off in chaos. Because in him we move and have our being. And we confess it, Lord God. And we leave out of here, Lord God. Knowing, Lord God, that because you live, I can face tomorrow. That because you live, Lord Jesus, all fear is gone. Hallelujah. And we give you thanks, Lord Father. We proclaim you today that you are God. We proclaim you today that you are God. And that your word will remain. Hallelujah. That you are the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, hallelujah. And that we will walk out of here today with a little pep in our step, hallelujah. Knowing, Lord God, that you are God. Knowing, Lord God, that no matter what happens, you have the last word. That knowing, God, that we know who wins at the end, Lord God. And we give you all the glory and all the honor, Lord Father. In the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Let's give the Lord a praise offering. Amen. You are loved. You are blessed. Amen.